Take this job and shove it. Man, I hate this job for real. Work sucks. I hate my job. Hello, welcome to the Shitty Jobs Podcast. I am Furby Montano. And I am Evan Galbert. And you are Evan Galbert. <laughs> I am Evan Galbert. Uh, I might have a news new. I'll I'll save it until I actually get that job, and then I'll tell you guys about my new impossible new job. Yes, voices. But we're we're holding. Well, I'm I'm like crossing my fingers for you, man. Like I'm I'm super stoked for you right now. You have no Thanks, like, man. yeah, man. Of course. Anyway, this week, um, Grant Capone, good friend of mine from New Orleans. He's a brewmaster, or I don't know. He's not a brewmaster. He's a brewer. Uh, from New Orleans, what he's a cellarman. I I think is what we would call go. him in the business. He uh, it takes care of the fermentation and the the dry hopping and all the good stuff. You know, after the, the actual brewing, I th- I'm pretty sure is what I got from our conversation. But man, seems like a smart guy. Seems like a no nonsense kind of guy. I can appreciate that about the man. Certainly, uh, his beard has some stories to tell. Oh yeah. Uh, it, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty epic beard. Yeah, he's he's had that for a while too. When I first met him, that thing was like, it was probably longer, if anything, when I met him. So, yeah, man, he's he's a good dude. I, I like Grant a lot. Uh, what'd you think? Just chatting with him. What'd you think of Grant overall as as a person in the last hour? <laughs> I think he's a he seems like a very smart guy, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, he's he's he's. Uh, I think the kind of guy that if you met him, he'd probably be kind of quiet until you get to know him a little bit more, you know, but, but then he's he clearly knows how to have a good time. He works, he makes beer, man. I mean, anybody that makes beer, uh, is, is, has got something, he's got a little bit of a wild spirit. I think you can tell that he's one of those guys. He doesn't, doesn't take no shit. I can appreciate that. Very you much know? so. Very much so. Yeah. And shit. Well, I don't want how do to, you know him? How did you you yeah. how did you meet him? Uh, so our fiancés went to law school together in New Orleans, and uh, as I said, we were we were kind of the boyfriends. Um, we 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 were kind of friends by by association, if you will. And then uh, he ended up being a good dude, so we hung out a few times, and they had us over to their house. He brewed us beer, which well started the brewing process, and then we had beer that had already been fermenting. But nice. Um, yeah, man, he's he's just a good dude. I've known him for a long time now, probably about four or five years. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, Word. well, I was glad that you introduced uh, that he got to come and chat with us. I hope you guys all end- enjoy listening to the Absolutely. conversation that we had. Absolutely, and thanks for listening and enjoy Grant Capone. Okay, cool. We're here with Grant Capone. Hi, how's it going, man? Hey, pretty good. Good to see you again, man. I know we were just You're not going to get whacked for being a Capone after coming. You know, <laughs> nobody's going to be coming after you. Yeah, unlikely. <laughs> Dude, I've always said you have like of all my friends, you have my favorite, like my favorite name I've heard, Grant Capone. It's just so like mm, perfect. <laughs> Apparently, I'm yeah, named man. after someone that like my parents just saw in the paper. Like I went like days without a first name and they didn't know what to call me. And eventually they just like saw Grant in the paper. So for all I know, I could be named after like a corrupt politician or ballet dancer or something. I, I have no idea. <laughs> 
yeah, you should at least have that article around, like right? the, some frame of reference, right? Named after someone, but I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> I'm named after that guy, that dude named Grant. Yeah, that's that's my name. <laughs> Grant. Better than me, man. Everyone asks me, you named after the doll? <laughs> or if or if they're gen z they're like oh like phineas and ferb and i'm like oh god damn it oh god <laughs> i didn't even put that connection together i i hadn't either gen z all over tiktok is like <laughs> like phineas and ferb awesome man <laughs> so, so grant so grant you are a brewer yep yeah. yeah. What's uh what's that what's that profession like? I know that uh it's probably been a little different the last few years. Uh yeah, it's uh it's really fun, you know, doesn't pay extremely well, but it's good people in the industry and it's it's a lot of fun. You get a lot of creativity. Um so I'm happy with it. It pays the bills, you know. That's all you can ask for, man. Are you a brewmaster? Well, uh, I do the cellar work, which is kind of like the everything about the beer after like the eight hours of brewing. Um, so pretty much all the cold side stuff. Yeah. yeah, all the cold side stuff. Um, I do get a lot of input in the uh, recipes, um, like the head brewer and I, we were pretty collaborative. But, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. so I used to work at the Santa Fe Brewing Company, and I was mainly on their production line, and uh, oh, nice. you know, working sales and stuff like that before they back when they were only in like eight, nine, ten states, you know, and now they're kind of everywhere. Um, but I, so I'm I'm kind of familiar with the brewing process. So when you say that you're you're the cellaring guy, I'm like, okay, I know what that means. You know, you're yeah. you're taking the the beer that they made and then making sure that it actually reaches its final destination. You know, you're, pretty much you're making sure. <laughs> yeah, um, that's cool. How long you been doing that? God, uh, I think like five years now. Um, and then before that, I was home brewing for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, I got uh, worked at like three breweries so far. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask if it's all been at the same place or. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of moved up each time. Um, in the second one, it I got laid off during the uh, pandemic, which was sad because it was probably like one of my favorite places to work ever. But the place I'm at now is equally as fun so it all worked out what's it, what's it like being uh like i i know you probably don't have a frame of reference elsewhere but being a brewery working at a brewery in new orleans that's got to be crazy you have to have some like wild encounters oh my god yeah uh the one that i worked at the second time like the second brewery i worked at that was downtown right off of frenchman that was that was insane. There was like needles I would find underneath like the door when I just open up uh, the door for the brewery in the morning. I'd be like, oh, look, there's a needle that someone just kind of like threw in the uh, mailbox. <laughs> it was uh, crazy stuff. A lot of homeless people doing really inappropriate stuff uh, <laughs> right outside. <laughs> I think I saw, I, I walked by because I had a gig across the street at that hotel that has like the rooftop bar from, uh -huh. from that brewery. And uh, 
I remember it was like two o'clock in the morning. I was getting in my car. There was a homeless guy just taking a shit right in front of your brewery. Yep. I've seen that before too. Yeah, man. I was like, oh, okay. I hope Grant doesn't open tomorrow because he's probably going to have to clean that up. That sucks, man. There was a homeless couple uh, having sex right across the uh, street from us one time. Someone cutting themselves. Like it's crazy stuff. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I, I don't miss that aspect of working there. The place I'm at now is way more calm. <laughs> <laughs> so are you still in New Orleans? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still here. And, uh, what are there, do they have any weird laws about having to separate your, your tap room service from your, your brewery operation or anything like that? I mean, are they, so we were a three tier state, um, where, you know, you couldn't directly distribute your beer to a bar or a store, but that actually just changed like this month, like a few weeks ago. So now they have limited distribution, um, which is awesome. That's don't think that you don't have to go through a third party distributor anymore, right? Yeah. To, it, cool. And the distributors here just terrible. Like we've had so many like bars just tell us that they don't want to order our beer because they don't want to have to go through our distributor. <laughs> They're like, oh, we don't want to oh. deal with those people. They're terrible. Oh man, that's, yeah, that's brutal. It's it's a uh, really good that they finally got rid of that. <laughs> So what kind of people have you encountered? Like I, I'm obviously drunk people, but what are, what are some things people have done like in the bar or in the, the, the drinking part of the brewery that were kind of like, what the fuck? Oh man. Um, well, like when I first started out, I was doing a lot of bartending, which I'm not very good at. <laughs> I was not a very good people person. I, I hated small talk. And so I'd just be like, you know, what do you want? And they try and strike a conversation and go. But there was this guy one time that was uh tried to pay for his beer with like literally a bag of coins, just like pulled out a whole thing of coins, uh Ziploc and dumps it on the uh bar. And it, I'm like waiting for him trying not to like laugh at him be like you are a grown ass man paying for a beer with pennies oh man <laughs> and uh one of the uh, regulars even like took a picture of me with it <laughs> posted it on facebook cuz he was like oh my god it's not very subtle your face <laughs> i was just looking at him like, hey, what i do I have to wait like five minutes for this guy to count eight dollars in pennies and nickels. All right. Oh my god. And of course, I don't even he tries to give me like a tip after that. I'm like, uh no, no thanks, man. I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> like I'll just I'll I'll save my five minutes, man. It's cool. Thank you. Man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't need that. Was uh, bartending like uh was that like one of the jobs that you also had to do while you were working at the brewery, like, you know, I, I feel like so many small breweries, it's kind of all hands on deck. Like you can't really just be focusing on being the guy that does a or B or C. Right. Like, everybody's got to do a little bit of everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the first place that I was at, uh, I 
wasn't really in the back of the house all the time. I was just kind of like helping out in the back and they were supposed to transition me to like fully back of the house, uh, you know, actual brewery production, but they kept on giving me the run around with it. So um, I was doing then some, uh, sorry, some uh, uh, bartending days and then also some days where I would be on the production uh, line but uh at the second place that i was at uh i was pretty much the bartender while i was brewing uh wow during the mornings because it was so tiny like it is the smallest fucking brewery you could imagine every single time people come in they were like how do you even fit anything in here it was a lot of injuries of knocking your head up against like zwickles and valves and it was so tiny. I can, but, I can uh, second that. I've been in there. It was very small. Probably about so the, small. It's probably like the size of the room that I'm in right now. Like, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, it, it was, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I've seen some really like efficient use of space in breweries. I'll say that, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it was like oh. you had to pay, uh, be good at Tetris to be there. But uh, at that brewery, we were bartending and doing the brewing at the same time, which was really weird. Um, we would like literally be in the middle of like mashing out and all of a sudden we have to stop and go serve people a beer just because the place was so small that they didn't have bartenders during the day. <laughs> we were still open. Yeah. But uh, if you're allowed yeah, to get stuck, so what? You had to go serve a beer, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, there, my my attention span for the customers was even shorter because I'm just like, yeah, here, get your fucking beer. I, I got to go back. They will. Everybody there would always <laughs> want to uh, try and you know ask you about the entire brewing process. You know, understandably so. I mean, they get to talk to the brewer like. Who wouldn't want to? But yeah, like, totally. It's a pretty cool gotta, opportunity if you go. either I getting gotta. a beer from the guy that's making it. Right. But being right. that guy would be a would be a pain in the ass for sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it was cool as well because <clears throat> I got to meet like a lot of brewers from other breweries, like people from Lagunitas and Cantillon and nice. like all types of places. But a lot of times, you know, you're in downtown New Orleans. It's mostly just drunk bros, you know, acting a fool. What? In downtown New Orleans? Never. That would yeah. never happen. <laughs> My God. There was this one time where I almost like had to call the police on someone. This guy comes in and uh, he's drunk off his ass and he and his wife are kind of bickering about something. And uh, she gets her beer and goes in the back and uh, he decides, I guess, in like a fit of rage to just go and explore. So he like goes in our upstairs employee area, uh, (laughs) like behind the bar. And I'm like, whoa, I go up there and I follow him. I'm like, hey, man, this is employees only. You can't be back here. And he goes. Okay. And he keeps going upstairs. <laughs> uh, like you need to leave. This this is not for customers. And he gets really short with me. He's like, I fucking heard you. I'm gonna leave when I want to. I was like, wow. God damn. Yeah. I was like, all right, call in the cops. 
So I'm like really upset and I go downstairs and luckily his wife was uh, trying to get a second beer at that point. I guess she was a fast drinker <laughs> and uh, she sees me upset and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, you need to get, get your fucking husband out of here because I'm about to call the cops on him. And uh, she goes and grabs him and they leave in like a, a storm of rage. This guy was tall too. He was like, he was like coming up on me and like, I'm gonna fucking leave when I want to leave. And I was like, whoa, all right. I'm not gonna be trying to fight you right at the uh, top of some stairs here. Yeah. Or put you in timeout or whatever you fucking Yeah, I'm just calling the cops. Fucking, that reminds me of a guy, not the violence, but just the like, oh, what what can you even do about this now? Like, there was a guy that was drunk as shit at Santa Fe Brewing, and he was climbing, he just like decided to start climbing the building. Like, he's a character in that game Rampage. He's literally, like, he's a rock climber, clearly. And he's climbing the I-beams that are going up to our patio. And then he gets onto the patio and he starts climbing the side of the building. And he gets onto the roof of our two-story fucking brewery. And then he's, like, climbing over to our grain silo. And we're just, like, kind of standing there on the ground, like... Please, please come down. Like, like, what else can you do? You know, there was, no, and then he just kind of dicked around and climbed back down, and we were like, "Okay, you gotta go." I guess, like, what? You know, <laughs> fucking. He didn't get hurt. He didn't do anything really, other than just fucking uh, endanger himself and possibly causes a terrible lawsuit. But man, like it was just the weirdest fucking thing. Guy was like middle-aged too. You know, he seemed like he was in his early forties and he was kind of like, not, I, he just, but then I was impressive. It was also equally impressive. So it was hard to be like, <laughs> Hey, you stop doing that because you were like, Whoa, it's actually Spider-Man like, is here in my brewery right now. You know, Dude, that is the most uh, Santa, that is the most Santa Fe story I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he came back down and he was like, all right, cool. I'll get out of here. And he like finished his beer and he left. <laughs> it's like, what else? What can we do? We could have called the cops. If we'd called the cops, it would have been another half hour before they even showed up, you know? And yeah, true. He might be scared to come down then. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, go. You're yeah. going to arrest me. <laughs> exactly. Now he's just a cornered, cornered raccoon on top of the brewery. Oh, man. It's, what I don't what know other kind of work? Sorry? I don't know if y'all experienced this. The amount of kids just in the brewery as well. Parents get drunk all the fucking time. And they're like, eh, it's a, like a daycare. It's, it, it's practically Yeah, I don't know what they the difference is. Like, you're not supposed over. to bring kids to a bar. But all of a sudden, if you turn it into a craft brewery, then yeah, it's like it, it's a daycare slash brewery. All of a It's like the biggest you know? pet peeve that I have. <laughs> so many parents, they just get drunk and let their kid run amok. <laughs> playing cornhole or whatever else. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what other, so what other kinds you said you worked on the production line? How was, what's like the dirtiest shit that you've seen while you've been doing any of this work? <sighs> oh man. Um, I remember having to clean like this 
it felt like Ghostbusters 2 because there was this pink slimy mold that was like underneath oh, like yeah. all the conveyor belts of our line one time that we had to fucking clean off and shit. It was gross. It's fucking gross. Yeast is gross. Ionized yeast like, is so fucking gross, yeah. dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was uh, the drain trap for the second brewery. I had to clean out a lot, which was just disgusting. Like everything that just goes down in the uh, brewery production for all the hops, the yeast, the fruit, it would drain to this place that was like right behind the bar because the bar is like literally two feet away from the, uh, the actual uh, boil kettle and everything. And uh, I would have to take off the, uh, the cover for the drain and like clean it out every so often because it just got, so packed with grain and it smelled like shit like (laughs) they should have had someone actually do this who had the proper equipment but you know they're cheap so i had to just like take a a pitcher with like some drilled holes in it and like scoop out and let it drain and it smelled terrible i was always trying to do it when uh customers weren't there but we were open like all the time. So it was kind of hard. It was like, well, just be hopeful that you don't come on the day that, uh, brewery, the brewery smells like shit from, uh, cleaning out the drain. Yeah. See, the only thing I can, I can relate to that is like, uh, when I used to work in the kitchen at a restaurant, you never realized how much shit goes down that drain. Oh God. The fucking oil and like random pieces of food. And one time we had a, like, it was clogged. The only way to get it was with a snake, right? You had to go in there with the snake and try to see if maybe you can free it up so it'll survive for another two weeks before it clogs up again. The amount of shit that I pulled out of that snake, like, I don't even know what the fuck I was looking at, man, but it looked like everything (laughs) had just molded into, like, one gelatinous, hairy, like, just concoction. Like it was the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then we just have to throw it away. Like, yeah, go take it outside and toss it. That shit was disgusting, man. Oh yeah. I, uh, my very first job was washing dishes at an Italian oh. restaurant. And I, that like broke me instantly for, for a first <laughs> job. Like I was a teenager in high school and I'm like, working my very first job washing dishes i'm like is this what it's like these people are fucking awful this is disgusting is this what i have to look forward to forever (laughs) oh my god oh my god a back a house restaurant for your first job holy shit that's that's not for the faint of heart man no no i I kind of uh, think that it lowered my expectations of what is a good job. And I I will never recommend my uh, kid working in a restaurant. (laughs) I'll be like, no, you don't need, you don't need all those drugs and, and (laughs) they're awful. There was a a funny story about it though. One of the best things that happened at that restaurant was sometimes, you know, we would go out in the back where they would always take their smoke breaks. And uh, it was right by the dump. And we would play uh, baseball with uh, some of the old fruit or like potatoes or something. (laughs) So one of the uh, waiters and uh, I were uh, playing baseball essentially with a potato and a broom. (laughs) 
So I throw the uh, potato at him and he hits it. And he, as he hits it, the potato goes flying across the back and hits a rat that was scurrying. (laughs) 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 It was like, holy shit, what is the chance of that? It was awesome. Grand slam, baby. There was even, uh, I remember, a little mouse that was uh, there that the uh, line cook actually would let sit on his foot while he's cooking. He had, you know, his, like, chef shoes on, and, like, he's, there's a little mouse that would just crawl on his foot, and he's prepping all the food (laughs) with a fucking mouse on his foot. And he would even, like, take some scraps and feed the mouse, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is terrible. Please don't tell oh me this is God. what all restaurants are like. It is. <laughs> Spoiler, they are. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my God. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Having a pet mouse work work pet fucking shoe mouse. That's amazing. It was Jesus. so gross. I, my shoes just got like a permanent stink in my shirts from washing dishes there. Uh, everything's like sticky with that grease. Like it sounds like nobody ever probably cleaned like the hood or anything, you know, oh, like no. oh, yeah. damn, it was, it was so gross. This place as well was uh, originally a house. So it was, the kitchen was very clearly not ever intended to be for like a production kitchen there was even like a, a ramp oh that you had to like try and get up to get to the actual stoves and uh food prep area from the dishwashing area and it was just always slippery as fuck i can't tell you how many people just like would slide and bust their ass and have <laughs> nasty black mats that are hosed off just like imprinted on their shirts was it a popular joint Oh, it's uh, it was uh, one of the best uh, Italian restaurants in the city. I can tell you that, and I still, still, still eat there occasionally. The food is pretty fucking great. I was just about to say, like, <laughs> but is the food good though? The you food know? is like, great. Oh, in, New, in New Orleans, you can't go wrong with Italian food, man. I, I, yeah. I, I lived there for three years. I did not have one bad Italian dish at any restaurant I went to. Right, it, it's you take him there. Did you take him to that Italian restaurant? <laughs> no, no, no. We've we've never. I don't think we ever went to a restaurant before no. together. No, I don't think we did. I think we mainly just hung out at your house. Honestly, yeah. We yeah. we know each other. Our our fiancés went to uh, law school together. Ah. So we were, yeah, we we were the uh, the boyfriends at the time. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I need to find myself a gig as a house husband. Speaking of which, it's been, showing up. It's been nice uh, for me, man. I'm a, I'm a made guy. It's been great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, great story actually about that place as well. Um, that just really showed how fucked up everything was. There was uh, this guy that was, I think he he must have been at the most 16 and he became one of the, uh, uh, the dishwashers there. And one of the, uh, bussers, he was just a fucking Chad, just this terrible Kenner bra kind of, uh, person for anyone that doesn't know that (laughs) 
Tenor is a suburb of New Orleans, and they tend to be super trashy. We call them Kenner bras. Dude, when you when you said Kenner bra, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a Kenner bra that was the bartender there, not bartender, busser, and uh, he one day just came in the back, and he was always picking on this. Uh, guy that was the dishwasher he was like a a kid he was younger than me and i was a fucking teenager he he was like 14 16 but he just goes in the back this busser with like one of the tubs of garlic butter a whole fucking tub of garlic butter and just throws it right at his head so the dishwasher like literally had greasy oily hair like butter stuck in his hair all over his face And this dude's just laughing at him and he goes back up front to go, you know, serve customers. I was like, that is the most fucked up thing. But it even gets worse. So this kid in retaliation, after he's like, you know, trying to clean himself up, he takes one of the tub of butters and he goes outside and he throws some of the butter on that guy on the busser's windshield of his car. And it was one of those. Yes. And it was one of those like hoopty uh, fucking cars that are like tricked out, you know, of course. <laughs> like early 2000s. I got it on rims. And oh my God. the busser, you know, sees it and he's so fucking pissed. And he just hits this kid in the eye, like gives him a black eye in retaliation. It's like you threw fucking butter at his head. And you can't take him throwing butter at your car. He just knocked him out. Dude. Damn, gave him a black eye. And what became of this? Absolutely nothing. The owner was there and did not even tell the busser to go home. It was like, holy shit. This is so fucked up. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's some Thunderdome shit. Right? I was like, I I have to leave this place. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? That's fucking, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Jesus. Yeah. At that point, you know, coming from some, a work environment like that, you you tend to uh, allow stuff to slide. Like, well, you know, at least I didn't get butters thrown at my face and punched. (laughs) Or punched. Yeah. But you stick it out because, you know, everyone's always telling you like, oh, you know, just, you know, put in work and show good effort. And, you know, you just got to take it. it, it, it that, that's pay that's the dues, go man. get them attitude. That's how you you build up. You just. Yeah, you get tougher. It makes you, these are the things that make you tougher. It puts it gives you a thick skin, right? Yeah. You're like, no, it's called abuse. You're you're learning how to, you know, like that's not it's not okay. This is not an okay way for people to behave in general, no. you know. The owner was always trying to get his dick wet and uh <laughs> like giving away free of meals. Course. Like there were some oh. days that I would be uh the busser and I'd be so fucking pissed because the guy's like, hey, sees, you know, some girls uh, eating. He just sits down. He's like, hey, hey, he would call everyone baby. He'd be like, hey, baby, go, go, go get me some wine. Okay, Um, I think I think I know which restaurant this is now now that you say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead serious, too. (laughs) It's before I even met the owner. 
He was like, hey, baby, you need to fill out these papers. That was the very first thing he ever said to me. I'm like, who are you? Why are you calling me baby? (laughs) I don't even fucking know your name. I feel like people do that shit. They're like... (laughs) He'll say like he says it to you so that he can be like, oh, I call everybody baby. Like when uh-huh. he says it, it's all sleazy yeah, yeah. to another chick, you know. Like New Orleans is the only place I've ever lived where I was called Dolan, like Dolan, Dolan. <laughs> and it was like multiple times by men and women. They did not discriminate based on sex. Like, hey, Dolan, what can I do for you? I'm like, what the? Dude, okay, the culture shock in New Orleans when I moved there, holy shit, dude, because I'm like this kid from Santa Fe, New Mexico, fucking hippie central of the Southwest. Yeah, I had never been anywhere near someone from New Orleans. And the first interaction I ever had was at a fried chicken joint, kind of like in the middle of close to Holly Grove. And I go in, I'm wearing a Jameis Winston hat. And this is right after he got drafted by Tampa Bay. And it's Saints country, right? And all of them just walk in like, man, why you got to bring that Jameis hat in here? And I remember my fiance, my fiance was like, nope. And she books it and goes back out because <laughs> she's like freaked out. And then I'm like bullshitting with, with everyone in there. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, that was so scary. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And she was always so like nervous. Something was going to happen. Like always on alert, always on alert. Because she had always heard that like New Orleans was so dangerous. I never found that, but like, the darling, the baby, the sweetheart, the, all that stuff. <laughs> I never got used to that ever, 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 ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. where I was going with that story, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, I feel like some people just try to be extra sweet to cover up the fact that they're really a fucking prick. Right. <laughs> that's just, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I left that job and I went over to uh, work in retail for a while. Um, I I did uh, I worked at a place that uh, was a the more finer version of a clothing outlet that was frequently uh, uh, had a skit on SNL. Oh, okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> the more finer clothing area of uh of this company and uh i was doing the uh i would do like the back of the house warehouse which is what i really wanted because i didn't want to fucking deal with people um (laughs) and uh i would do the uh front window displays and uh i would also like do some of the sales which i hated and you know the register but i remember like there was one time where uh I was told that I was coming in to be like the uh, point of sale person. And so I come dressed in, you know, my nice, like $60 uh, khakis and, uh, you know, collared button down shirt. Cause it's supposed to be like an upscale uh, clothing store. And I get there and they're saying, Hey, yeah. Um, we need you to paint the uh, front uh, window um, wall. And I'm like, okay well i'm not dressed for that well you can still do it right you know i know we told you to come in for the cash register but we need you to do this go paint i'm like i'm in 60 dollar fucking pants and by the time that i get paid like for today it's gonna be 40 bucks why the fuck would i mess up my 60 dollar pants for 40 dollars yeah 
I was like so tempted because I was really young at that time to just be like, well, okay, if this is what you need, I gotta have my go get them attitude. And it took a lot for me to really just be like, no, fuck that. That's stupid. <laughs> this does not make sense. I respect <laughs> you for actually doing for saying fuck that though. Like most people wouldn't do that. Well, maybe now they would, but back then we're all around the same age. They wouldn't have done that. I was really tempted. That was, I think, like the first point where I was started just standing up for myself in uh in jobs and being like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing this. I was actually surprised that I got away with it. I, I remember that as well. The manager was like, please, come on, we need you. I'm like, no. I thought, it, I thought something bad was going to happen by saying no. And I was like, oh, shit, nothing bad happened. That's one of the things. Isn't what's, that an amazing what's, feeling? What's the worst they're going to do to you if you say no? They're not right? going like, to fire you over that. I was like, y'all fucked up. Why am I going to have to pay for this? You call someone else yeah. in to do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> who cares if it's not painted today <laughs> but of course they did yeah Man, those, those I'm people sorry. I'm, I'm sorry no 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 no. please go ahead those people uh dicked me over big time though uh you know right after uh hurricane katrina when they started like reopening up all their stores they were trying to redo the floors and uh they had asked if I could like pretty much reassemble and like redo the entire back of house one night, but they also needed people to redo the stores. They needed workers to come in and do that. But they, of course they didn't want to close during uh, business hours. So what they did is they asked if I would uh, stay overnight in the mall and they would lock the door like, lock me in the mall which of course they weren't supposed to do (laughs) they they were even like do not leave the store the alarms will go off and we're going to get in trouble i was like okay sure uh can i get paid extra if i'm going to be working like overnight by myself and not be able to, to leave like if i'm hungry or something and they're like no we can't give you any extra money (laughs) okay do they at least least pay you for like all the hours throughout the night or do they just pay you for like the shift they paid me for the hours throughout the night but it was eight hours you know that came like super late and left super early uh they wanted me to like paint and redo all the stock and organize everything and you know let the uh the workers out and it was it was so stupid and uh it wasn't long after that they had me do pretty much the same thing at another store. They were like, Hey, we want to, uh, potentially, uh, move you up to a management position. Um, I was like, hell yeah, I've been wanting that for a while. So they wanted me to go to one of the other stores in the, in the area and sort of redo that one as well. And they said this, it was going to be a, a trial period. You know, we're going to put you in a trial period for a manager for a month. And if we feel like you're a good fit, then we'll prorate the pay to the higher wage. And I'm sure every y'all can see where that's going. <laughs> so I worked yeah. my ass off and like I totally redo the store, open it up. And it's like one of the top selling stores in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the month, of course, they're like, yeah, we, we don't really think that you're going to be a good fit for a manager. I was like, 
why I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah. And uh, they couldn't give me an answer. So I'm like, I, I need to, I, I need to talk to someone about this. I need a, an answer as far as why I am not a good fit for a manager so I can work on this and actually improve and have a future in the company. And so I meet with one of the top uh, people uh, for our region and she's like, yeah, you know, we just feel like you're too nice to, uh, <laughs> to be a manager. You know, I'm, I'm worried that people are going to like step on you and, you know, you're not going to be able to tell people no. I was like, well, I'm here right now telling you that that's not the case. I think that <laughs> our discussion here is proof that this isn't the case. She wouldn't take it. She's like, yeah, we're, we're not going to do we're not going to do this. And so I didn't give a fuck about the uh, job after that. And uh, they went they made me go from like full time to giving me three hours a month of work. Uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And it was very clear they were trying to force me to quit after I was like, fuck these people. Dude, retail retail stores are fucking ridiculous, man. Especially yeah. with that shit where they'll just put you on the schedule for like, and like you said, three hours a month or whatever. Like, yeah. probably the the bare minimum that they can actually schedule it was. in whatever. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Um, and it's just so they don't yeah. have to fire you, so that way you can't get unemployment. That's the whole reason why they do that shit. One of my uh, managers uh, was a friend from high school, and every time he was like. I'm sorry, Grant. It's like, it's not your fault. I know. Uh, I don't buy shit from that company anymore. <laughs> when I was at, uh, when I was at the, the big blue store, if you will, um, electronic <laughs> store, um, I saw someone that I had graduated high school with get into a verbal altercation with an employee. And that was interesting. <laughs> Because it was someone that I had like, I used to go get high with this guy a lot in high school. And now here he is. And I just have to like watch it because I'm at work. So he's screaming at the guy who works there with me. The guy's screaming back. The manager's there. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is just, okay. I can't do anything. Just got to watch it. <laughs> what do you do? Right. Yeah. It was a. Uh... It was after I left that place. I think I got into teaching, which I really loved. But that was uh, that was by far the hardest job I've ever fucking had. It was it was insane. I had a kid. Uh, I taught second grade, and I had a kid that like literally almost died in my arms because he was choking to death. He turned blue, blue. I was freaking out, and uh, there was. It was literally like a kid almost dying and uh, he's we ended up, you know, helping him out, you know, giving him the Heimlich and he's fine. And all the kids in my class are like, holy crap. And of course, me as a teacher, I'm like, all right, kids, let's let's go back to work. <laughs> just just go over there. Mr. Capone just needs a minute. Yo. <laughs> So the, the hardest part of that must be like you can't cuss you can't be like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck there's a bunch of kids around right. i don't know if y'all have ever seen us uh, watched 
uh, Strangers with Candy. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. that show? Oh, yeah. With uh, Stephen Colbert. I loved what he would do all the time. I felt like that. Eyes to the back of the room. Turn around. <laughs> eyes to the back. <laughs> Just, like, start crying. <laughs> it was, like, my, one of my favorite things. But uh, I wanted to get in. It was uh, when I was teaching, I started... Uh, getting into home brewing and like immediately wanted to make a career out of that. And, uh, when, uh, I went through my divorce, I finally was able to be like, all right, well, I don't have to support, you know, a significant other anymore. <laughs> I guess I can, uh, take the lower pay and, uh, go into brewing. It was sad as well though, because I was making as much money per hour bartending at that brewery, just pouring beer as I was teaching which was really fucking sad. <laughs> it wasn't it's, a small amount of money either. It's fucked up, man. The way they that we pay teachers in this country is just fucked. It's so backwards. Oh, it's like, like, and then half of them are taking that money and going to the bar with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's where that fucking money goes. You know. Yeah, they're they're always like, well, you know, you get summers off. It's like, well, you know my pay is calculated as if I'm working in the summer. So not really. And it means that during the year I'm working like 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because there's a lot of things that happen outside of classroom hours. It, it was terrible. Yeah. What made you want to get into teaching? I really liked kids. Um, and it was a time that uh, I think I didn't really know what I wanted to do. It was accessible and I did enjoy it. It was very rewarding, but the school I was at was like really troubled. Um, it, it was a, a troubled area. Uh, the kids and their parents were just a mess, but we were still like one of the top performing schools in the area, um, despite it being like really low income and a lot of kids just coming and going. Like they'd be there for one month and then, you know, their families or just moving on to the next house because they get kicked out of their home or something. But, uh, yeah, it, it, that job just killed your soul in the end. <laughs> so I got into brewing, and ever since then, I have not really looked back. It's it's way better. That's, I told my uh, I told my boss that uh, I was going to be on shitty jobs. I was like, yeah, watch, I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. He just laughed. <laughs> He's cool. That's that's ballsy saying I'm going to go on a podcast called Shitty Jobs to your boss. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's a different uh, relationship that we tend to have. Carly, my fiance, is always amazed by the stuff that we do. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's very it's very friendly. <laughs> Wouldn't a lot of stuff that would not fly other in other industries. Yeah, I remember a lot of like trauma bonding working in the brewery, you know, it was a lot of uh, and just wild drunkenness. Everybody that I worked (laughs) with was just drunk every single day, (laughs) including myself uh, until until, uh, you know, recently I've had to give that shit up. But it's, it's, you know, it's been a good transition. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but this is uh, you know they're making a lot of really good uh non-alcoholic beers these days i don't know if you guys have gotten onto that train yet but it seems to be one of the new trends in the beverage business 
We cannot do that in uh, in Louisiana just because it's essentially distilling. So, oh, uh, gotcha. uh, makes sense. We can't. Yeah, we've been. We make a lot of sodas, though. We do like a lot of sodas for non-alcoholic options. <clears throat> Done. You talked about. Uh, do you guys do like sours and stuff? What are, What are some of the beers that you focus on? Yeah, we do a lot of sours. The uh, <clears throat> one of the owners, he. Uh, was a big uh, sour home brewer. And uh, so he took a lot of his homebrew recipes and uh, kind of made it a brewery. Um, but they're mostly uh, like highly fruited sours, not so much like the barrel aged funky ones. Like we do some of those, but it's so weird because I'll be like, this is a fucking sour. I love It's just, you know, like wine, funky barrel, and uh, they're always like our worst reviewed ones because I think we get a lot of college kids and they're like, oh, no, man, this just tastes like barn and it's way too sour. Oh, man, those are great, though. I love it. I love one. exactly what you're talking about. That's got yeah. that kind of like pellicle flavor to it or whatever, you know? It's uh-huh. kinda, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love that shit. But yeah. I always felt super intimidated when, I, when we hung out because you would have like the best beers <laughs> and I didn't know shit about shit. So I'd be like, yeah, man, totally. I can, I can taste what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I tend to think that people get that from me a lot. Like, I don't know what he's <laughs> talking about. You you did I, have, you did have a bananas Foster's beer though. I remember that was ooh. fucking delicious. Thank you. Yeah, that was one of my uh, favorite homebrew recipes. I made it at the uh, second brewery I worked at for uh, of like two times, but uh, scaling it up large scale would not really be uh, legal. <laughs> I'll say. Uh, the process involved uh, uh, putting alcohol directly in the beer which was uh, not really legal um on the home uh, yeah well i mean there's brandy in in bananas foster right so you gotta yeah we uh did spiced rum for it and uh it was uh not something that we could really do large scale so unfortunately that's probably not going to be seeing uh production but i made some crazy ones i made a rum ham beer one time Rum oh. ham beer, dude. I remember. <laughs> no, I remember you telling me about this. Like, yeah, I I didn't ever try it, but I remember you telling me about this. It <laughs> sounded it, so. I actually had a lot of people saying that it they love the beer and that they wanted it back. Um, so I made it a few times, and it always like sold out really fast. <laughs> it was an imperial smoked porter with bacon infused rum uh like oak chips essentially <laughs> soak and, the chips and soak some chips and some rum and then put the chips uh-huh, in some beer. Uh-huh. Cool. and uh added like a little cherry and pineapple juice to like this big fucking smoked porter and it it came out really good people actually liked really it <laughs> what, what's the flavor like on that is it kind of smoky is it like Salt yeah, it was a uh, you know 
caramel, like toffee, I'll say more toffee, like a little bit of chocolatiness. But I, of course, for rum ham, I didn't really want so much chocolate. So it was, uh, think like a big smoke version of like a beta amber kind of thing, you know, okay. just those kind right. of flavors. That sounds delicious, man. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I would love making that one again. <laughs> sounds like fun, man, for sure. <laughs> So what, what would you say, and Evan, this is usually your question, but I'm asking it today. Uh, what would you say all of those shitty jobs that you had leading up to what you're doing now kind of taught you in the the job that you have now? Oh, man. Uh, don't take shit. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, don't wait for you for an actual promotion because that's never going to fucking come. <laughs> You have to go after it. And if they don't give it to you, then fucking bail. <laughs> it's pretty Weird. much what I learned. Yeah. Kind of funny how just being vocal about wanting a promotion will get it for you a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, you got to ask for what you need, right? And and you also have to be like I – th- I thought it was powerful what you said about like – it's always so scary to say like, no, I'm not going to do that because you think that everything's going to fall apart or they're going to like eat you or something like, it's hard to tell exactly what's going to happen, but, but you can say no. And then they will right. be like the most that they might say is like, please. And then you can still be like, mm, no. And then they'll, they'll figure it out, you know? And yeah. uh, you, it's, it's empowering. It's really empowering to be able to say that and be on the other and survive it and be on the other end of it and be like, I said no to a thing and then I'm still here. And I, you know, like, yeah. I feel like so often when you're young, you're like almost terrified of your bosses. Cause they seem like these, I don't want to say like godly figures cause that's over exaggerating, but they seem like these people who are just so like got their shit together. And then you get a little older and you're like, Oh, they're a fucking idiot. I hate this person. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually listening to this guy. His name is Brad. What the fuck am I talking about? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it, it was probably my biggest lesson. Yeah. It, you're always taught like, you know, Oh, you just got to put in your dues. And it's like, no, that's bullshit. They're going to fucking exploit the hell out of you. They're never going to give you that promotion. For sure. I remember coming to kind of like having to have words with one of my bosses at the brewery who just wanted me to relearn everything. Just wanted me to fucking like figure it out for myself from square one for fucking ever. And it was all about like our delivery route and how to load the truck and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, you're, don't you realize like you have kind of a a job of highlighting to me what these pitfalls are going to be and like pointing out to me, like what I should avoid and like helping me set myself up for success. Like if you know that I'm going to be doing something that's bound to fail, don't just let me fucking fail. Like that's, that's only letting the entire company fucking fail. Like, you know, help me fucking do this job the right way. Show me what you fucking learned. And he was like, no, man, you got to figure that out for yourself. You got to learn that shit on your own. You know, you got to fucking step your toe and learn not to step there anymore or whatever, you know? And I'm like, dude, that's like, that's just such a dumb fucking way to train somebody, you know, like (laughs) you're, if we all share the information that we have, 
then everybody can start off on a fucking stronger foot and we can actually make progress. You know, that's, that's, that's uh, I, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, I, feel, I feel like, I feel like from a philosophical standpoint, that teaches you more though than him helping you because then it, it does make you figure it out on your own. Even if that figuring, I it guess, out is, even if that figuring it out is like you saying, fuck this shit, dude, no. Yeah, yeah, but they're I not going to like true. the consequences of you figuring it out on your own because you're probably going to fuck shit up. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to fuck shit up that you could have told me like how to do it the right way. And maybe exactly. I'll still figure out a different way to do it. You know, Maybe I'll still figure out my own way to fucking do it. But at least like show me the, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you don't just throw somebody in the fucking driver's seat of a car and be like, all right, figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's there's there are consequences that can come from that. So. Come on, Evan, stop being a snowflake, man. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just a <laughs> snowflake. Cock, dude. Whatever. I'm, you don't I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. At the uh, first brewery that I worked at, the uh, owner was a huge hothead. And uh, I I was working on the uh, uh, the bottling line and. Uh, I would work in the back uh, and trying to get training, um, but he wasn't giving me enough days in the back of the house to really get and retain the training. It would be like, hey, yeah, work in the back like one day a month. And I'm like, I can't remember my training working one day a month in the back. And uh, so he's telling me to write everything down. And he actually asked me to make the uh, SOPs for the brewery off the clock when I wasn't even trained. I'm like, how the fuck do you want me to make the SOPs when you're not even training me how to do it? <laughs> oh my God. And off the clock at home. I'm like, no. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. And then he yells at me for writing everything down. He's like, why are you overthinking? Why are you writing everything down that I'm saying? I'm like, you told me to make the SOP. <laughs> no, and he just, you know, throws my notebook. He's like, no, you're, you're overanalyzing everything. Just, just think, think and remember. I'm like, this is terrible training. Oh, dude, if somebody, if somebody took a notebook out of my hand and threw it across the room, I would fucking walk out at that fucking very second because otherwise I'm going to fucking punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, know? I would throw like, things like, all the time. Uh, there was there was a one time on the bottling line where it, everything's just low fill bottles. So, you know, we'd have to like weigh them and, you know, set them aside if, you know, they're not filled properly. And there's clearly some issue with the machine where we weren't like dialed in right and getting good fills. And I'm getting backed up because I'm like, I can't, I can't process all this. There's too many things fucking up. And uh, I'm trying to tell him, like, we need to stop, stop. We need to fix this. And he's throwing a temper tantrum. And uh, then he goes, you need a walk? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, he says, because there's the door right there. I was like, oh, God. Did, did you just threaten to fire me? Because I'm, what the fuck, man? Oh, man. That same guy one day after uh, I was bartending and the tap room manager, he was drunk and like fucked up closing. Like he's like, no, nah, let's just go. And I was like, uh, okay. 
So the owner got upset with me because he's like, well, it reflects on me, I guess, since I was the bartender. And uh, he pulls me in the uh, office and he's like, so uh, I notice on your resume that it said that you got a silver at the uh, National Homebrew Competition. Um, I mean, come on, be honest. You, you didn't get that. And I was like, I've been here for over a year at this point. Why the fuck are you even talking to me about my resume? Yeah, really? What the fuck? And it says that I got a silver certificate, not a silver medal. What the fuck is this about? Are you trying to find an excuse to fire me? And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it does say certificate. I'm going to have to write you up for uh, not closing down properly. Whatever. I don't give a shit. (laughs) What does that even do? Like, I don't give a fuck. Write me up. Like, whatever. (laughs) I remember I got, uh, again, at the big blue store. Um, they tried to write me up one time and I refused to sign their paper. <laughs> <laughs> We've never run into this issue before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. I was like, I'm not signing it. They were like, well, it's still going in your file. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to sign it. Dude. Like, yeah. Fair enough. If you don't sign it, we will have to write you up again for that. <laughs> sign that either. <laughs> Error. Error. Yeah, the, the fucking like the gall of being like, I'm going to write you up. That's like the old, like it's going on your permanent record when you were a kid. Like right. what the fuck does a write up do? You're giving me, uh, <laughs> Oh no, it's going to my file. Oh shit. Someone called the, the big blue police. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, next, did I ever next... tell you by the way that I worked at that same store, uh, that you're talking about for one, uh, holiday season I, I, th- I think you did i think you've told me this before but yeah i they never gave me my employee id number so i could never like actually clock in or out and every fucking day like i would go there and be like hey i need my employee id number and they'd be like oh oh i don't have it uh go talk to this person uh over in this uh in the front and every day i was trying to like pull this guy aside and say like, Hey man, I need my employee ID number so I can sign in. And he's like, Oh yeah. Give me five minutes. I, I just need to go do something and uh, uh, I'll get it for you. And then he leaves and I'm stuck, like not actually having a clock in or clock out. So an entire week of this passes, like it might've even been two weeks <laughs> and I'm still telling this guy like, Hey, I need my employee ID number. And he's like, Oh, you still don't have that? I'm like, no, you never fucking gave it to me. And he's like, okay, c- come, come in. We'll, we'll, we'll do this together. And so he uh, goes on his computer and he's trying to look, at, look up my file on their computer. And he's like, I don't see you anywhere on here. I'm like, I fucking know. Oh my god. And he's like, you never got an employee ID number. I'm like, no. I've been telling you that for two fucking weeks. (sighs) And so I had like literally almost two weeks of work that was not documented at this place. Oh my God. So I just kind of bullshitted it and be like, yeah, sure, I worked that day. Yeah. That that surprises me 0% because my one write up. (laughs) So it was when I I had worked for them in, in Santa Fe for 
several years. And then when I moved to Austin, it was the only job I could really get out of music school. So um, I start up there and they had different name tags now. Like they had these silver name tags that had like magnets and whatever. It doesn't matter. So they didn't have a name tag for me, right? So I was just like, okay, I'll just wear my old one. It's like the old fucking cheap, shitty piece of shit one. It's like yellow and engraved, you know, whatever. It's no big deal. It's my name tag. They wrote me up because I wore that name tag. That's why I refused to sign their thing. Oh no! They were, they were like, "Yeah, you're using an out of date name tag, but we, you got to look professional. You got to be presentable." I'm like, "This was fucking issued by you. What do you? It's not like I went and printed this shit out myself on a fucking at home fucking label." Or was like, "Oh, here's Furby." Like, yeah, why didn't you give me professional gear? Yeah, right? Why didn't you give me the name tag I'm supposed to fucking wear? Yeah, but they, they wrote me up for that. It wasn't like a "Hey, can you take it off?" or "Hey, why are you wearing that? Not the other one." Like, no, it was just like, hey, man, we got to write you up for that. That's improper uh, uniform. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, dude? There was one day there where they were, because, uh, again, like, they didn't have my schedule or anything. They didn't have my ID number. They told me to come in, uh, and I was like, I really don't want to fucking work today. So I go in, and they were like, oh, you're working today? I just go, <laughs> in my actual uniform my blue shirt and everything i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh dude i love it i got in a car accident one time on my way to work it was at five in the morning i got hit by a drunk driver my car was pretty fucked so i couldn't go in so when i called in I was like, hey, I just got in a car accident. Like, I I, I can't go in. Like, I, I have no way to drive there. And uh, literally the first thing out of his mouth is, cool, man, did you find someone to cover your shift? That's the first thing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Either way, guys, we're at an hour. Um, Grant, thanks, man. This is great. This is, it was awesome having you on. Yeah, it was great uh, talking to you all. Yeah, yeah man. let's do it again. You yeah. want to? Uh, I, I know you're uh, you're kind of blown up on TikTok right now. Do you want to tell people where they can find you and that type of stuff? You don't have to if you don't want to, though. Sure, I'm on uh, TikTok as Mark's Beard, uh, leftist anti bigotry content. There, um, fuck the establishment. You know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mark's Beard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, where, I mean, and again, you don't have to, you don't have to tell us if you don't want to, but can we find your beer somewhere? Where is your, what? uh, yeah, our beer, um, is, uh, at, uh, most of the stores in New Orleans. We have some, uh, in, uh, Philadelphia. It's, uh, I, I should I say the name of it? I, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. The place that I work at now, awesome, great beer, no problems there. Zony Mash is uh, where I work right now. Um, You can find our beers in most of the stores in uh, the New Orleans area. We're in uh, sometimes in Florida, sometimes in Philadelphia for little spot sales kind of stuff. Good stuff. Cool. Good shit. Zony Mash, right on. Yeah. Well, thanks again for chatting with us, man. It was good to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, Grant. Thank you, everyone, for listening.